I'm Gab. He's Jules. Blue Skies over West London. Uh, Jules, great to have you back. It's international break, yeah. uh, but there's still a ton of stuff going on, a ton of, of stuff to talk about. Uh, there's there's the chaos with Germany, who just beat France, but obviously they're looking for a new manager. There's there's Italy after their stinker against uh, North Macedonia, a bit of a bounce back against yeah. Ukraine. There's angry Gareth Southgate. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, but I think there's one place to start, and that is with Paul Pogba. He has tested positive for testosterone. Yeah. Um, and he faces up to a maximum of four-year ban. Now, for that to happen, they would have to prove that he did not, uh, that, that, that he took testosterone yeah. intentionally. That's right. Uh, with, with the aim of, of increasing performance. I think that's going to be very difficult to, to, to prove. He's going to, his defense will likely uh, involve, say, involve a whole bunch of mitigating circumstances that yeah. try to pull out. But the reality in the immediate is that, uh, once again, it's another blow between this and the injuries and the, 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 the brother and the childhood friends trying to extort money from him. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's incredible that we find ourselves in the situation given where Pogba was five, six years ago. Yeah, I mean, the downfall since, since the, the 2018 World Cup, really, where he was on top of the world. Uh, as you know, in the way he played and also what he won, it's just incredible, remarkable. I mean, you don't have to feel sorry for it. it's not about feeling sorry or not. It's just that it's another challenge ahead of him after, as you said, the witchcraft and the extortion, the racketing, all of that. Uh, on top of all the injuries, on top of that move to Juve, that return to Juve that hasn't worked out really last year at all. And now this, whether it's a four-year ban, a two-year ban, whether he got away, he got away with it, which looks very unlikely. The sample B is going to come back before the end of the week. I think Paul himself knows that that would be positive. Yeah. So for those who don't know, there's when, when people are tested uh, by doping agencies, they test what they call it. They give two samples. They test the A sample. Uh, most of the time, obviously, that's negative, and so it ends there. If it's positive, then they go to double-check. They test the yeah. B sample to see if there's a discrepancy. Frankly, 99.99% of cases, because it's the same sample, as long as they did it correctly the first time, the second one will be coming back positive. The assumption here is certainly that it will be coming back positive. Yeah, and, and Paul has admitted to Juventus that he took some food supplements that were given to him in the U.S., in Miami, by a doctor who's been his friend for a long time, and that, that those nutritional supplements have testosterone in them. So he said, I, I took testosterone without knowing they were in that food supplement, but all I did is, is take some food right. supplement. Now, the, the issue I have with that um, is that I, every athlete knows that before you even take an aspirin, you check the club doctor. If the club doctor's not yeah. there, you at least read the labels. Yeah. On In this occasion, it didn't happen. The doctor who gave it to him as well, I don't know who this guy is, and, you know, I give you a food supplement. I know you're a professional athlete. It's not like, oh, look, it's my friend Paul. Like, you know, he, he works at the corner shop. No. It's my friend Paul who happens to be a famous professional athlete. Yeah. I know... I'm a doctor. I have a responsibility to go and check this as well, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, the final responsibility is always going to be with Pogba. Um, ignorance is not an excuse. But I, I, I just find this like an incredible chain of events that you would allow this to happen if you're, if you're Pogba. Yeah, especially at 30. If you were a young, young player, maybe didn't really know about everything, 
maybe but now he's 30 he's he's got experience he knows far too well what can happen he's seen it before obviously and you're right I mean to be fair he apologized to Juve for not asking for not mentioning to the club for not asking the permission to the club doctor to take it can I take this or not this came from the US where it's allowed by the way which is not the case in Europe for that food supplement and maybe he thought it was okay because you could get in Miami and he thought it was okay in Turin Paris Madrid London wherever it's also, I mean, just to be clear on this, and I know there's a cohort out there who's convinced that all footballers are taking performance-enhancing drugs all the time and whatever else. I have my own views on this. But if you are going to dope and cheat, this is not the time. First of all, you probably wouldn't do it by taking testosterone, but you certainly wouldn't do it no. in Pogba's situation when you're coming back from an injury, you know you're not going to be playing entire games. So stamina is not really the issue here. Um, so I don't... I, I would feel pretty confident that they're going to that they're going to accept the fact that it was accidental. Yeah. Um, and so then the four years would become two years yeah. minus whatever mitigating circumstances they can come up with. But frankly, Jules, I don't see too many more uh, how they can reduce this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as most people know, it's written into his contract. If you test positive, we can cancel your contract. And I think that is a... That is a decision Juve are going to have to make yeah. if if he's found guilty. It would be very interesting, obviously, to see what Juve do. If he's banned two years, he could be the greatest player of all time, like a mix of Pelé, Maradona, Messi and Cristiano. And there's not a club that would say, OK, well, we, we will still pay you for two years and we wait for you to come back, right? Yeah, and look, I think there's, there's different things that they can do here. Certainly the vibe... Um, the the sensation, as they would say in Spain, is that Juve will seriously consider cancelling his contract if he's found guilty. And part of the reason behind this is the broader concerns with his with his fitness, the muscular injuries. I mean, he got injured again now, um, and a big part of it is the fact that you know he makes eight million euros net a year plus two yeah. million in in bonuses. Um, He's got another three years left on his contract. Yeah. That's a cost of $60 million to Juve over three years. Um, that is a ton of money for a club that, for a whole bunch of different reasons that we all know of, has lost enormous amounts of money yeah. over the last three years. Uh, I think Juve feel that, you know, in their midfield, with Miretti, with Fagioli, they have other options. And it's not like he was a key part of this Juve team. Mm. We've said it before, right? He's, he's a cherry on top if he can keep his fitness. So certainly the vibe, like there wouldn't be this much discussion in the press, uh, in the Italian media, about him having his contract cancelled if Juve weren't briefing. Se- briefing yeah. that it is something that they're yeah, very yeah, seriously sure. I think he's very much aware of it as well. Which then begs the question, what can you do? Because, again, we don't know the length of the ban, but I, I would assume it's going to come in between one and two years. Yeah. Um, you become a free agent. Do you go train by yourself for a year and then try to have another go somewhere? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, to be f- why is even weird in a way is the timing of this because he came after. I mean, the the announcement was Monday night, as you said, Gab earlier. On Monday, there was this interview that he gave to Al Jazeera uh, TV channel, which was done before, but was broadcasted on Monday before. We knew about the uh, the doping ban and and you know and test positive, and in that interview with Al Jazeera, I said, "Listen, after the whole witchcraft extortion uh, incident with my brothers and the, the childhood friends, I thought about 
stopping football. So already then, the motivation was very little. He was injured. He clearly didn't have his head around football, playing football. He didn't even know what he wanted to do. Then he came back. He played a little bit so far this season, fell into him, and we saw him playing actually decent football. Yeah, two half-hour spells. Yeah, that was okay. And this happens now where easily he could think like, you know what, I've had enough of all of this. Of the last five years, I've had enough. Or maybe the last three years, I've had enough now. There was obviously whole, everything that happened with France at the Euro 2021, that game against Switzerland, where he, they, there was insult with his own teammates. There was an argument with Deschamps on the touchline for everybody to see. There was the tensions with Kylian Mbappé and who should be the biggest star in this squad, blah, blah, blah. Then the witchcraft, the brothers... The, and, and now this, the injuries, it's just, I could completely understand if he said, you know what, I've had enough now, this is me done. I'm going to look after my three children, my wife, do something else. I've got enough money in the bank. And that's it. Yeah, it's one of those things where you wonder, is this the moment that you walk away? I, part of me, like, and I'll declare my bias here, is I really like the guy. I've had the privilege of meeting him more than once. I find him to be charming, ah, funny, I love him, intelligent. Huh? I, I've only had these experiences with him. Um, maybe there's another side to him or whatever and so I like to think that you know maybe if he does get banned he takes one year clean break looks after himself and then maybe in a year's time when his ban is spent maybe he's finally maybe the time yeah, off allows him to finally recover from his muscular injuries you know he's going to be what 31 years old yeah. there's players who play well past 35 you know if it's about standing around and pinging the long balls who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll become a sweeper. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe he'll yeah. go the... Uh, he will still it, be good enough for some leagues. There's no was doubt. Was it Franck Sose? Franck Sose? Oh, oh see? Yeah, Atalanta's, right? Atalanta's Franck Sose. Who reinvented himself as a sweeper after playing number 10. You know, yeah. Laurent Blanc as well was a number 10 that then went to number 6 that then went to... Was he like the world's slowest sweeper? number 10? Yeah, but he was yeah. very technical. Well, Frank LeBeuf was a number 10. Of course, Who's yeah. kept that aside by David Junola. There you go. Yeah. All right, having uh, rattled off a bunch of uh, French ghosts from the past, <laughs> we're going to hope that Pogba doesn't become one of them. Um, I want to also point something out uh, from what we said, You're, just, just to be clear. The, this, this supplement that he took mm. is something which... It's, because it's testosterone, it's synthetic testosterone, Yeah. Um, you would test positive. It's, it's not like it's allowed in the U.S. No, but you can Rather, buy it. You can if buy you, it. In yes. The US. If you, so, if I, who oh, surprise, surprise, I'm not a professional <laughs> athlete at this time. Not yet. Um, I can go get a doctor to write a prescription for it in the U.S. Yeah. And take this synthetic testosterone. Yeah. In Europe, it's not licensed at all. No. So it would be impossible to do on this side of the pond. I, I think it's important to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to, to clarify this bit as well. I, going back to Pogba and kind of his legacy, obviously, 2018 World Cup, you know, nothing's going to take that away. Um, but I do wonder, there was a moment in time when it looked like, and I've written about this and others, when it looked like Pogba and Neymar are going to be the two next global superstars. Yeah. You know, that is the next gen to Cristiano and, um, and, and Messi. For different reasons... It hasn't worked out that way. No, I mean, I still remember today seeing him as an under-15 in France, in Paris, being the best thing I've seen in football for, I don't know, any age group between under-20 and, and, and like literally little grassroots players. He was incredible. He was really, really incredible. And then at that time, everybody thought he was going to have 
a great career and be a great player. And in fairness, he still had a good career. He won things with Juve, he won things with United, with France, obviously. But he still should. Have, there's still a feeling that he should have been better than better. He should have been a better player. He could have achieved more things. The 2013 and the 20 World Cup, he was outstanding in that tournament for people playing with his age. He was already too good, way too good for his age. And after that, the 2014 World Cup, he was the the young, the best young player of the tournament. And then obviously 2018 was the was the, the top of it all. It's just I think it's a real shame. Outside of the injuries and all the the off the field stories that we mentioned, that he never really f- fulfilled all that potential. And I don't know if had he stayed in Juve instead of going to United, had he stayed at United the first time round and not went to Juve for his first spell there, if that would have changed, you know what he achieved in the end. But it's true that the turning point still seemed that move to United. Yeah, and look, I have to think personally that those injuries would still have happened. You know, you can't blame the injuries on Manchester United today. No. Can you blame it on the fact that they joined a chaotic, poorly run club at the time that made a bunch of, of, of bad decisions, kept changing managers, appointed the wrong guys? Sure. And and that, that obviously hurt him as well and yeah. hurt his performances. But, you know, the injuries, which I really think were the main thing, because I think Pogba had the leadership skills to be stronger than that. Like, okay, Mourinho, no problem. Van Gaal, no problem. Solskjaer, no problem. Like, I can play with, I can work with all of them, mm. and I'm so good that I'll make the difference. And that's what you expect from a leader, yeah. from a star player, right? I, I just really think it was it was the injuries that derailed them. And then all the other stuff, you remember the nonsense, like Mourinho taking the vice captaincy, yeah. all the stupid stuff. Like, that obviously exacerbated the situation but the starting point was the injuries and I think those would have probably happened anywhere yeah, uh, as well yeah, as the off the pitch so. nonsense with, with, with the brother and, and the extortion and, and whatnot. Yeah, but going back to the original question I, I just thought in terms of global commercial superstar I remember I think I probably wrote it at the time I said you know Cristiano and Messi obviously like and nobody's going to realistically assume that the next pair of global superstars are going to reach the level on the pitch of those yeah. two but commercially, I really thought they could. You know, Neymar has been selling things since he was 16 years mm-hmm. old, right? Commercially, he is, and certainly back then, was enormously popular um, in South America and in Asia in particular, maybe more so than in Europe. Pogba as well had the smile, had the charisma. Yeah. You know, they had all these things going for them uh, in a way that Cristiano and Messi, I remember talking to a, a marketing expert about this, like, they're actually, yeah, they're obviously commercial juggernauts, and they're incredibly popular. But they're not as popular as they might be if they were better, you know, if they were like Roger Federer types or like mm. Tiger Woods. Type. You know, they never reach that level, maybe because it's not in their personality, but for whatever reason. Um, now that those two are out of the picture, are the next two candidates, I'm assuming, I think I know the answer to this, yeah. it's Erling and Mbappe. Yeah? yeah, I think so. But for Pogba, I remember a game at Old Trafford when I was there, and he was on the side of the stadium, like above the, 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 the club shop for the people who've been to Old Trafford. And in the match day programme, literally every page of advertising, and there's a lot because United are that club, he was pretty much on every page. Right. So he was Pogba with a mobile phone company, like a partner of United, sponsor of United, then of a drink, then of, I don't know, some tires or whatever, <laughs> then of this. And he, he was everywhere. And I, and I think United also, when they signed him, they knew, okay, we signed this 
this superstar who is a, a, like a marketing machine in a way, yeah. which is why he was. And, and maybe also that, in a way, at some point, kind of deflected a little bit maybe his attention outside of, of football because there was a lot of that. There was, a, I think, a lot of pressure from all the sponsors, all that kind of, all the expectations. And I remember talking to him about it and it felt that there was a time it was a lot. So we agree Pogba and Neymar were marketing or machines at that time in a way that maybe Cristiano, well, certainly I think Cristiano and Messi are not. Are Holland and Mbappe on that level? Do they have the attitude? Do they have, you know, the desire perhaps even? You know, think back to the famous, you know, David Beckham quote from when he was what, 14 years old when he said, oh, uh, he didn't say, like, I want to become a, a footballer. He says, like, I want to become a famous footballer. Yeah. Like, it needs a certain kind of person to go and do that, right? Uh, they need to have the natural charisma and they need to have the willingness to go and do this. Do you see that in, in Holland and Mbappe? It's a good question. I mean, I always always find players going abroad on preseason, for example, or with the international team, and see what happens there. Mbappe can go anywhere, and literally hundreds of people will be outside the hotel waiting for him. I mean, I, I remember when they went to Japan with with PSG, and Neymar is a superstar in Japan as well. And maybe Japan Japan is maybe where and you know you live there, but maybe this is where we can judge the level of celebrity or celebrityness, if you want. And Pogba, Neymar, Mbappe were like literally idolized there and they have they had contract with sponsors from there. Every time they were going there, it was literally a sea of people waiting for them. I don't know if Haaland would bring that. I don't know if I don't think he's, he might never have been to Japan yet. But but certainly it feels like with Haaland I'm not so sure, but with Kilian, everywhere he goes and all the contracts that he's getting through sponsors are all around the world. So I think that stardom is maybe not yet at that marketing machine level, no, of course. but not far. All right, well, final word on, on Pogba. At the cost of repeating myself, I find it sad given what he could have done because I genuinely like the guy. Mm, me too. Um, I just hope, you know, maybe band comes in, year off, family, clear the mind, maybe resolve the nonsense with the extortion yeah. and, and whatever but else. But you know what could drag on it. as well is that this is a criminal, it's a crimi- it's a cr- criminal charges to take doping products in Italy, right? So there could also be a case... It's- it's criminal. It's criminal charges if it's found to be uh, intentional, right? Um, as, as part of a performance yeah. enhancing plan, which I, we don't know what the court's going to find. But certainly, if things stand with the supplement story and whatever else, I, I, I don't think I don't think he, he would get charged. Right? Okay, so at least that would be a thing that he doesn't exactly. have to face. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow 
grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough, Pogba. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. After sacking Hansi Flick, Rudy Thiller leads Germany to 2-1 win over France in a friendly. Jules, I suspect this was more of a friendly for France than it was for Germany. Yeah, that's right, Gav. That, you summed that up quite well. A B team for France that were never really got into the game, never got going. And to be fair to Germany, they started very strongly. They pressed high. They were very intense. They scored early, Thomas Müller. Uh, and after that, they kind of controlled the game in a game where, you're right, they had... Certainly more to lose than we had to lose. Uh, it was in Dortmund. It was very important for them. Should after have been the, a penalty on Colum Warren. Yeah, I think so. That could have been given, maybe. But, but overall, France was just not really there. Deschamps was not too happy, but it was one of those who said, it's OK, we don't, we don't really care. However, and I know how much you love Germany and German players, I don't think it's ever good to kind of offer a chance to Germany when they're down and we're not playing well and they're not winning and they you must crush them underfoot it's not that but now they will feel that that win is kind of you know it's put them back I, up I, I let me put it this way I think people in Germany who, many of them who, who know the football make the decision makers understand football and you cannot look at this team and say, oh, yes, Jonathan Ty right back, Thomas Muller up front. Ooh, we've got the blueprint. I think it was important to show pride, yeah. and, and, and they did that in the game. Yeah. But clearly, this is not a blueprint. No, going they still forward. have issues, for sure. And meanwhile, Gabi, the hunt for the next head coach continues as Vola says he doesn't want the job, and he was kind of the team manager, wasn't he, or something like that? Yeah, sporting director. Yeah. Uh, Jurgen Klopp. The same doesn't want it either. So the leading candidates seem to be Julian Nagelsmann and Louis van Gaal, although Felix Magath also is reported throwing his hat into the ring. I mean, come on, Felix. Isn't <laughs> he like 19 years old or something? I think he's 70. All right, so the Felix Magath thing is... I, yeah, I, that's not serious. I don't even know why, why we're giving this guy publicity. Um, the fact that the, other, that the other two are Nagelsmann and van Gaal would worry me. Because I'm thinking, like, this is, is this the best you can do? I mean, to be fair, the other names that people have come up with, I mean, Oliver Glasner was yeah, in Glasner, the mix for yeah. a while. At least he's a real coach. The other one, remember they were mentioning Matthias Zammer, yeah. who I don't think is, is managed in, in years. Yeah. Um, this business here, so Nagelsmann, obviously, you would have to pay a ton of compensation to, uh, to Bayern. It's not going to be the $10 million, but it's going to be a fair amount. Um, and also, Nagelsmann... He's an everyday manager. He's got yeah. a very specific way of player. He needs to put in the hours on the training pitch. You can't do that when you're a national team coach. You know, maybe later on he learns those short shortcuts or whatever. But I think it would be I definitely agree. the wrong move for him. Yeah. Fun how I, I don't. I mean, come I, on. I mean, honestly. <laughs> like really? I mean, I, leaving aside, I don't know if Germany have ever had a foreign manager. Um, oh, that's a good question. I, I, don't think I know so. that was a big debate years ago when England hired Sven Jorn Eriksson, whatever. But you're Germany. You can do better sure, than Van Gaal. You can do better than a guy who a week ago started talking about how the World Cup <laughs> was fixed for, for so Lionel Messi was him. A guy who's had health problems. I mean, thankfully, they're better. Yeah, yeah, a guy who's yeah. older. I, I mean, honestly, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine all those Agent Orange um, uh, headlines that we're, we would see if Van Gaal goes joins Germany and they they stink it up? How much the Dutch would love it? Oh my God! They, With they, the this is not, as well. not realistic. Surely. 
England beat Scotland 3-1 in a friendly to mark the fact that they've been playing each other for 150 years. But Jules, it's kind of overshadowed by Southgate's words on Maguire after the game. Uh, I hadn't seen Angry Gareth before, and I hadn't seen Sad Maguire's mum before. Yeah, um, she's not happy either. What do you make of this? Yeah, Gareth saying it's a joke, the treatment that Maguire receives and the abuse and etc. And I, what I would say, right? And you know that I don't particularly rate Gareth Southgate as a coach, but Gareth Southgate calling Harry Maguire up for England when he's when he's clearly said before, if you don't play with your club, you can't be called up for the national team, which is pretty much the rule for every team in the world, pretty much. And yet, Southgate calling him up every single time to bring him back at the top of all the headlines and all the discussions on radio, in our shows, on television, anywhere you want, is fueling all this. Of course, it's not nice to abuse any player and we sh Harry Maguire should not be the victim of that, 100%. But the fact that Gary Southgate calls him up every time, plays him when the guy doesn't even play for his club because he's not good enough for Manchester United, how can he be good enough for England is beyond me. But yeah, for me, Southgate is also responsible for all of this. So I find it really baffling that he came out and said, oh, all you guys are, it's unacceptable, you're out of order, when I think he's not helping Maguire at all by doing that. I completely agree he's not helping. For me, the logical thing to do now is to, is to go say, like, like, look, listen, Harry, get yourself fit, get yourself a team where you can play. Exactly. And then, Because in, in the meantime, tell you what, it would be wise for Southgate to think of some other alternatives at the back. Obviously, John Stones is injured. Yeah. This is not a position where England are, be are blessed with death. Definitely you know, not. Mark Gay, fine. Uh, Lewis Dunk, okay, but the guy's 30 and he's Lewis Dunk. Um, Eric Dyer's disappeared. I bet Colwell, the youngsters you've okay, got. Okay, yeah, no. So so try Levi Colwell. Yeah. Give Fikayo Tomori another chance. I know he didn't have the best season with Milan, but whatever, he's in the mix, 100%. right? 100%. Instead, you go back to this, you expose him to this thing, and look, I think Maguire is a grown-up and he can understand why people are booing, people are passionate about it. People will be... People, look, the reality is you have to. there has to be accountability, right? People... People boo and criticize. We criticize our, our politicians. We criticize our, our CEOs when they screw up because they're highly compensated, highly, uh, highly visible positions. I think yeah. McGuire is the grown-up in the room who understands it. It's these other whinies who go out there. Um, they're the ones who are not helping the situation. Yeah, yeah I agree. Belgium beat Estonia 5-0 as Romelu Lukaku scores twice. Gab, he has not equaled Pelé's international goal-scoring record. That's right, you heard well. Lukaku has scored as many <laughs> goals at international level than Pelé. Uh, it's incredible. 77 goals, wow. uh, one goal every, every 91 minutes for Belgium. And admittedly, a lot of them came against the likes of Estonia and Estonia's peer countries. No yeah. disrespect to San Marino, <laughs> Liechtenstein, Andorra, etc. But still, it's, uh, it's an incredible amount. Yeah. Look, I hope he can channel this positively. I hope he can channel this into, into success with Roma because I like Lukaku. Mm. He, he made some terrible mistakes this summer. He's a big loser of the, of the, the summer transfer window. But... I want to see the guy do well. And yeah. maybe this can be a launch pad. Jaden Sancho has deleted his controversial social media post in which he complained about being scapegoated. This follows reports of John Murta and Eric Ten Hag trying to build bridges with United Winger. Jules, is this significant? Have we all forgotten that it ever existed because he deleted it? No, no, it? we shouldn't forget about it. Uh, but I think it's a good thing that positive steps were made towards uh some sort of agreement that we can move on from it i mean i heard people saying that he should never play for united again that if so alex ferguson was the manager he would never wear that shirt ever again ten Hag is different to ferguson him and myrtle clearly thought that there was that there was a, a way back 
for Jadon Sancho, maybe because of what happened to Anthony, and we will mention in the quickest as well, they need Jadon Sancho. I don't know, maybe Jadon Sancho apologized and said that he made a yeah. mistake, and they talked through it, and they, they discussed it. Uh, but it's, this is good. You don't like players being sidelines and, you know, and, and, and put on the side and, and not, not being cared for by football clubs. This is not a good thing either. No, and then Derek said Hogg can pick whoever he wants, and it's up to him if he thought Sancho didn't train to his yeah. the required level. That's his call. It's going to be Ten Hag who's going to get fired, not Sancho. Yeah, so. exactly. Italy bounced back from the disappointing draw at the weekend against North Macedonia by beating Ukraine 2-1 in Milan. Gab, I bet you're feeling better now. I am feeling a lot better. I don't want to deal with this nonsense uh, uh, again. Davide Fratesi scoring both goals. He looked good. So Uh, he doesn't start for Inter, but he starts for Italy and plays well. Inter are a better team. Inter Inter came within minutes of uh, of taking City to... No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, I think eventually he was going to start in place of of Mkhitaryan. It's funny, uh, Gigi Donnarumma getting so much abuse from uh, a bunch of Milan fans. And you don't really want to see that, but I can understand why. Imagine when he goes back there with PSG. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, um, I, and it would they change the entire front three and. What was fun about it? And so we saw Jack Raspadori up front, who I yeah. thought did well. It's a yeah. different look from Ciro Immobile. What I found funny is also having uh, the Z-men, Zaccagni and Zagnolo up oh, front. I like that. Where uh, Zaccagni's wife is uh, uh, Zagnolo's uh, ex-girlfriend. Ex- exactly. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Anthony has been included in Manchester United's 25-man... Oh, by the way, I just, sorry, it just, just came out of my mind. Remember the John Terry, Wayne Bridge thing and everybody lost yeah. their mind over it because his baby mom... These two guys don't seem to care. Could it be that maybe True. they're more grown-ups than Wayne Bridge and, yeah. and JT and yeah. all that? Remember now? also when Icardi and Maxi Lopez uh, faced each other and there was a... Oh, yeah, no exactly. hands. Here we go. Anthony has been included in Manchester United's 25-man Premier League squad, even though he's temporarily out of the picture, given police in both England and Brazil are investigating claims of abuse uh, from three separate women. Um Apparently, he's going to stay in Brazil to go and fight the charges. Jules, he hasn't been charged yet. No. Sorry, fight the charges. Fight the possible charges. Uh, He hasn't been charged. And while I understand United not playing him while he's under investigation, does it make sense that he shouldn't be training either? I think the training bit is is maybe a little bit difficult. I mean, remember, for example, when Benjamin Mendy was under investigation but not charged yet, he was still training and and playing for, for City. I guess... Each club can see differently and see what the situation is, how feeling. Maybe Anthony wanted to stay in Brazil. And, I and suspect that may be the case. Maybe the case. And you would understand that as well. So I'm sure he's going to train. We'll have a training program to do in Brazil on his own or with a fitness coach. But, but we'll have to see. It's just, it's just, again, after what United went through with Greenwood, this, again, comes at a very challenging time for them. And... And we will have to see how they deal with it oh. and what happens to Anthony. On the pitch, who do you play on the right? Pelistri, Garnacho, or move Sancho? I don't know. I saw Pelistri the other day with, starting with, with Bielsa's Uruguay and doing well. And I did wonder, why hasn't he been given a chance? And I'm not saying that you should start him at the weekend and then see and giving a few games. 
But surely the kid deserves a he's chance. He's more no? natural on that side of the pitch. As Obviously, well. Garnacho, I think, a better player. But yeah, yeah. but Garnacho is made to play on the left. Yeah, he can play exactly. on the right, but it's a bit like Rashford. So I would go for Pellistri. Portugal step perfect under Roberto Martinez as they destroy Luxembourg 9-0 without Cristiano, who was suspended. Gab, I bet he was annoyed to have missed on this golf fest. <laughs> Okay, you're being a little bit unkind. It's just about Portugal winning. It's not about Cristiano's goals. Yeah, hasn't he scored already like 15 goals against Luxembourg in his career or something? <laughs> yeah, it, maybe it was that. Uh, impressive from Portugal. Luxembourg, by the way, I thought were really disappointing. And I know they're Luxembourg, but they, they were doing really well improved. in the group. Yeah. They, were, they, were, they were second or third, yeah. I think. No Lionel Messi, no problem for Argentina as they beat Bolivia at altitude 3-0. Jules, is this a glimpse of life post-Messi? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know when that life post-Messi will, will arrive, will happen. Bolivia are really bad, really, really bad, even in altitude, uh, to be fair. But it was a McAllister masterclass. It was Angel Di Maria with two good assists. And it was pretty easy in the end for Argentina without, without Messi. So and well done to them. Enzo's first goal. Yeah, Enzo's uh-huh. first goal, yeah. He played, I think, 87 minutes. Manchester United have agreed a new, sponsor, a new shirt sponsor deal to so the front of the shirt. No more team viewer, Gabby, but Snapdragon instead. Are you going to run out now after the show to buy some Snapdragon as a result? Yes, What's they have. They have some on my in my, in my corner shop. Why is Snapdragon a drink? <laughs> no, it sounds like it, right? It's like Prime Snapdragon. No, uh, Snapdragon is the name of a um, of an ARM chip that uh, Qualcomm make. You know the computer okay, chips yeah, that yeah, fit yeah, into yeah, computers. Yeah. Now nobody actually buys computer chips; they come pre-made. Uh, this seems to me another like. B2B uh, sponsorship, which I don't really understand. Why does Qualcomm care if people know what their chips are as long as they're, the people actually buy the chips yeah, and yeah, computers yeah. and stuff like that? I, I don't get it, but then again, you know, I'm not in charge of sponsorships. It's one Qualcomm. of the biggest uh, shirt sponsor in, in the game, no, in the history of the game. Uh, 60 million, yes. Wow. We'll put For right one year. There. I think not as big as Team Viewer. Okay. Yeah. In shocking news, nobody could have predicted Laurent Blanc and Leon have parted ways, Jules. Yeah, they have. I mean, it took them a bit of time because I think they wanted to find a replacement before sacking him, but he was finally sacked like in his last two jobs before. To be fair, there was no way, no way back really between John Texter and Laurent Blanc. And they wanted Graham Potter to replace him. He said no. They wanted Oliver Glasner. He said no. So now Fabio Grosso. He's the leading contender, I'm being told, although Reno Gattuso was also uh, pushed <laughs> by Uncle George saying, hey, what about Gattuso? Gattuso would be great. At least Fabio Grosso played for Lyon before. Right. So there's a bit of connection. A, no, but there's a bit of a history there that there was nothing with Gattuso, right? Yeah. I, like, hey, John, again, open invitation. Come join us. Have a chat. Help the world understand. What we can also help you for running your club on. as well, you know, because this is, this is pretty I'm not bad. sure he can afford us. Not true. It's a big win for Spain. Two at the Thumb Cyprus 6-0. And Lamin Yamal makes his first ever start for the national team. God, there's no limit to this guy. But how good are Spain, really, with their two French central defenders, of course, Laporte and Le Normand, the two, the two Leus? <laughs> Let me ask you about this. Okay, what is, I love them. What is Le Normand's link to Spain? So Laporte is supposedly Basque, right? And yeah, yeah. I don't even know if they're... I mean, I th- it, which I think is... Yeah, I think whatever. it's true. Uh, <laughs> Le Normand just, just played five years for Real Sociedad, no, more than five years now. So I think after five years in a country, you can get... The I, I don't, is it weird that the country that produced Gerard Pique and Fernando Hierro and Sergio Ramos 
You got to go next door to, to freaking France to get center backs. I, I think I don't, so. I, don't. I think so. And they speak uh, French together on the pitch. Uh, Lamine Yamal, uh, once again, so much confidence out there. Uh, and he looks the part. I don't know. I thought he was too young. So far, he looks the part. Obviously, not somebody you necessarily want to count on. But wow, you don't want to put any limits on him. And Marquinhos goal gives Brazil a 1-0 victory over Peru in South America in qualifying. Jules, how they look? I mean, that was a late goal, late, late. 90th minute, uh, the Neymar corner and the Marquinhos goal. I thought they looked good. I mean, apart from Richarlison. I mean, it's not apart from Richarlison because he didn't play badly. But he's he got another, another goal that was disallowed again by Var. I mean, the guy only scores goals that end up being disallowed. You, you have to feel for him. He's clearly, as he said after the game, not in the best of places. Certainly not, wasn't not in the best of, place, of places in his head. Things are better now. He said he would, he would seek a psychologist when he came back to England. Uh, but but I, thought they, I thought they played well. Guimaraes, Casemiro in midfield. Neymar, to be fair, looked sharp. And they had a lot of the ball and a lot of chances too. Yeah, I think, uh, remember all the people saying, oh, Lucas Paqueta, he, the, the packet's so important to them. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. You were right. You said that. Everton are in advance takeover. Talks with Miami-based 777 partners. Gab, how close is this and what do you make of it all? So it's an interesting one. I mean, Everton, we reported this before, um, they were in talks with another group called MSP who then yeah. decided, yeah, you know what, we don't really want to buy equity in your club, but we'll lend you money. Um, you know, secured against the stadium. 777, it's, it's a curious group. They're led by this guy named, um, named Josh Winder, who, um, I, for some reason, they've chucked a lot of money in football. They, well, they've made their money in certain industries that uh, you can Google them. Um, some people feel aren't entirely viable at this moment yeah. in time. But uh, they own a majority stake of, of Genoa. They own a majority stake of, of Standard Liège, of Vasco da Gama, of Hertha Berlin, mm-hmm. of Red Star in, in Paris. Paris. How yeah, about that? Right. The Melbourne victory, apparently. Um, Sevilla, they were going to buy outright. And then or they, they ended up with just a 15% stake. There were some issues in, in that takeover or that attempted takeover. Uh, they also own a big chunk of the British basketball league yeah. and the London Lions basketball team. I... It's really hard to me to understand what their end game is. Certainly not fans everywhere aren't super happy with them. For example, Sandra Liège, there was a very visible fan protest against them recently. I just think Everton need good owners. And I don't know that 777 and being part of this big multi-club consortium where you may or may not be the top club. I, I don't know if that's what Everton need right now. Hugo Lloris is still at Spurs, Jules, and he's been included in the Premier League squad. Well, what's going on? I thought he was done. Well, I, a lot of us thought he was done. I think he thought he was done, too. And uh, he could sign some, somewhere else. We Remember, there, was, there were talks with Lazio, and in the end, that didn't work out. Uh, because I think he wanted to be the number one. But Lazio have a very good goalkeeper right now, who was one of the best goalkeepers in Serie A last season. Improvident, so that didn't work out. So now he's there, he's still on the books, he's got another year left on his contract. So unless you pay him off, if you... Hugo, or he then, voluntarily rescinds his contract because he yeah, gets like a three-year deal somewhere else. But it's a long time not to... I mean, yeah. assuming they stick with Vicario, who they played money for, who's, who's I think has been good so yeah, far. Yeah, he's been good so far for them. Um, it wouldn't make sense to sign Vicario and then say, oh, well, Lloris is still better than you, so let's put him in and Vicario take... You know, like yeah, you've committed really to somebody strange. going yeah. in some direction. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know they ideally would love to stay in London and the family are really happy in London. 
So I don't know, maybe he's going to be happy to be a number two to, to just finish his career one year. But it's, it's a lot of money to pay a number two too because he's yeah. on big wages. So. Maybe wait for Bird Leno to get injured? Or uh, yeah, maybe no, see, but there could be maybe, an opening at some other one. could see in January as well, yeah, or as a, like as a emergency signing somewhere. Yeah. We'll have to see. Rupinto won't be going to prison. Gabi was found guilty on nine counts, but his four-year sentence has been suspended. Yeah, so Rui Pinto, for those who, uh, who surely don't know, everybody knows who I would Pinto hope so. Is. But he was the guy. He's the Portuguese hacker. He doesn't like yeah. the word, but that's what he is. Um, behind football leaks, which was a massive investigation, where essentially he got into possession of a whole bunch of documents. Many people think um, sacked from uh, or hacked from a legal firm and hacked from Doyen Sports. Uh, which were this is how we found out you know details about Cristiano Ronaldo's mm-hmm. legal situation with Catherine Mayorga. We found uh, details about Gareth Bale's contract, a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, Paul Pogba's contract, and most tellingly, in what was then leaked to Der Spiegel in Germany, all the Manchester City emails, which yeah. led to the Manchester City's two-year ban, which then was overturned um, by the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Uh, He's obviously a scary figure to a lot of people if it's that easy to go and hack into people's computers. He's not out of the woods yet because he's he's got a whole separate case. This is including a case involving extortion um, yeah. where he says he's innocent. He said he got advice from, from a lawyer and the lawyer shows up and says, we can make these emails go away if you pay us this amount of money. And that wasn't exactly clear. Um, so I don't he's definitely not out of the woods yet. No. There's a lot of people who say he's a whistleblower. He should not be going to prison. He should yeah. not be prosecuted. For me, the extortion bit changes it if, yeah. they, can, if they can prove that he yeah. knew what was going on. Yeah. The Marco Verratti to Al Arabi oh. deal that we've been talking we, talking about every single show is finally done. Jules, what are the numbers? And tell me again why he's moving. A 45 million euro transfer, which... He's Even he's 30 and on big money. Yeah. Uh, and going to a Qatar club. Considering that PSG are owned by the Qataris, I think you can rightly ask the question: Is there some sort of related party, conflict of interest somewhere? Maybe. Um, Like I said to you the other day, I I just think it's a sad end to his career for what was. Even if he was often injured, yes, I know, and sometimes not maybe performing, especially in the top games, like the fans and people at the club would have liked him too. He was an amazing player. No, for 10 years. I, I can't imagine there's many Paris Saint-Germain time. players in their long and storied history, which goes all the way back to 1971, that have spent 10 years no. at the club. I think it's 436 games he played, so still a lot despite the injuries. And you can still, of course, look at the lifestyle and the fact that he likes smoking and drinking and all of that. Okay, there's other players like that. And he was still very good on the pitch for most of his time in Paris. Let's not forget as well that he came to Paris from Pescara when he was a really young kid. Never played in Serie A. Never played in Serie A and discovered the the capital and the big city with everything that comes with it. So I will always love him personally. Uh, I've interviewed him a few times. He was always great to me as well. In French, I hope, right? Because his Italian is impossible. I I struggle with his accent. Yeah, you said that before. Yeah, yeah, in French. His French was beautiful. He has a very regional uh, accent, put it that way. I will say this about the Verratti Al-Arabi deal, just from a UEFA perspective, right? So effectively, they haven't actually passed legislation, but I think... um, they've made it very clear that they're open to multi-club ownership and related parties doing business. I think when it comes to PSG's financial fair play calculations and financial sustainability calculations, 
they need to be very, very clear about how they're going to deal with this. This is obviously a related party. I mean, we, we can go put our heads in the sand, but it's not. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's still and a big player, though. He's still a big you player. Know, but it's but not you or me for 50 million. No, that's fine. But what they normally do with related party transactions, with, with sponsorships, like, say, Manchester City and, yeah. and Etihad, is they come out and say, what is fair market value? And so is 45 million for a 30-year-old player who's always injured fair market. Well, whatever. They have yeah, to show yeah. that they've been through it and say, because look, I mean, if they were trying to cheat, they would have said, oh, look, 100 million, you know, 200 million, you know. Yeah. It's important, I think, that they do that. It's important that they introduce this level of transparency. Same thing with multi-club ownership. If you're going to allow this, you know, because otherwise you're opening yourself up for all sorts of abuse of the system yeah. and, and people yeah. just moving money around. Yeah, that's true. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. No great stuff for Roberto Mancini at the helm of Saudi Arabia after losing to Costa Rica. They were defeated again, this time by South Korea 4-1. Gabby needs to turn this around very quickly. Um, he does because Saudis, you know, they're, they're a powerhouse in, in Asia. And obviously these were, they, these were friendlies yeah. and he mixed things up. But, you know, World Cup qualifying starts in the next window in October. I think what's interesting, too, is they chose to play these games in Newcastle. I uh, can't imagine Obviously, why. Yeah. But, I mean, I didn't go, but I spoke to people who went. And the St. James Park was virtually empty. Um, <laughs> why would you want to go and watch? Well, what it suggests to me is that Geordies who love football and love Newcastle aren't so stupid as to say, oh, I'm going to go just because it's going to help the club and let me buy some, you know, 400-pound hospitality ticket to go watch uh, Saudi Arabia against Costa Rica because that way I'm helping the club. And uh, no, I think you're very clear on this. I think it was stupid to play there. They got no attention. You would have thought that if there was a grand scheme behind the whole sort of summer of Saudi and the big spending, they would try to push the national team somehow. This obviously didn't do it. Uh, South Korea are, are, are good. So losing 4-1, it's still a heavy defeat. Yeah. And even though it is a friendly, but Mancini's getting paid a ton of money for a long, long time, $25 million net. Um, he needs to turn this around. And there's another implication in this, which I'm told by people in Saudi is becoming a big issue with PIF spending. So you remember Salim Al-Dosari scored that great goal in the World Cup yeah. and stuff like that. Against Argentina, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then scored another one, I think. Yeah. Uh, was it against Egypt, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so he was the league MVP last year, right? He's best player in yeah, the Saudi league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays for El Hilal. El Hilal, what do they do? They signed a whole bunch of foreigners for a lot of money. They signed Neymar. They yeah. signed Alexander Mitrovic. And they signed Malcolm, who um, obviously is coming for Russia. He wasn't as high profile, but you know they paid $60 million for him. Yeah. Super talented player. 
I feel Sam Aldosari. I mean, he's been starting and stuff because his name has been out. But how do you feel? Like, yeah, all of a sudden, like, and if you're Mancini, all of a sudden, all these guys in, you know, Saudi has good players. That they, Saudi players tend not to go abroad, so they were getting playing time. But now these guys, and, and these are established but superstars. That's, that's even with the limitation of foreign players well, in, the the squad guys in the squad. Yeah, right? but still, imagine if there was no limitation. I, I, indeed. Even worse. So I know this is, this is going to be a problem It going seems forward, pretty disjointed sure. and you wonder, I mean, PIF have invested. PIF are not the Saudi government, right? They're no. still controlled by the same guy, MBS, right? But I wonder at some point the Saudi FAs can go and knock on MBS's door same, and say, same. hey, guys, uh, you know, you told us talk, 2034 World Cup, blah, uh, blah, blah. Really? If you want us to have a good national team, we need to do something about Massively. this. Ecuador beat Uruguay 2-1 as Kendry Paez makes his debut at 16 years and 131 days of age. See, he's worse than Yamin Lamal already. Yeah. Jules, he's the second youngest South American to make his international debut. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't like to hype things up, but I got to mention this because yeah. the first guy, the, the guy who's even younger than him on his international debut from South America, is named Diego Armando Maradona. That's yeah. where the bar set. That's where the bar set. And by one day as well, I think Diego was 16 and 130 days. Kendry Paez, who's had this great reputation of being a wonder kid, uh, not just not just in Ecuador, but also in South America. Chelsea uh, have been the one signing him. I think there was a few European clubs who were after him. Uh, and gave an assist, by the way, in that game, yeah. be on set pieces. But still, he looks very good, promising. I mean, the, the talent is clearly there. There's still a long way to go, as we've said, for Yamal, as we saw with Ansu Fati between the 16-year-old and then making it consistently at the top level in two, three, four, five years' time, etc., etc. But I guess that's a good start for your national team when you make your debut against Uruguay and you, you're decisive and you, and you win. And good news for, for, for Chelsea yeah, of course. down the road. Uh, obviously, you can't switch until you're 18 years old, so it's like the Hendrick situation, yes. so we're still at, uh, Independiente. Compared to Lamine Yamal, Lamine Yamal looks like a man-child. I mean, Lamine yeah, Yamal has yeah, like an yeah, adult yeah, yeah, body. Yeah, this yeah, guy yeah, does not. No, he looks out yeah, a little more. Yeah, definitely. Um, he looks his age for sure. Yeah, definitely. Romania beat Kosovo 2-0 in a game that had to be suspended for 50 minutes. 5-0 by the referee after some fans raised the banner with the slogan, Kosovo is Serbia, and were found to be making what UFA called discrimin discriminatory chants as well. Yeah, so quick geo uh, historical lesson. Uh, Kosovo um, is in between Albania and Serbia. Um, yeah. Used to be part of the former Yugoslavia, uh, and I think partly in, in Albania, there's a Serb minority population. Kosovo gained independence. That independence has not been recognized by a bunch of countries, mm, that's including right. Spain, I might add. Um, so it's a hot-button issue. There was, there's, been, there's been tension there in the past year between the Serbian minority, uh, ethnic Serbian minority who live there and others. Why Romania gets involved in this, I don't know. From what I understand from reports in the Romanian media, it's a group of Romanian ultras who were at the stadium, um, and they decided to go and uh, uh, to go and do this. The majority of fans in the stadium basically booed them and shushed yeah. them because they wanted the game to go on. They applied the the FIFA protocol that you would do in cases of racism. This is the exact same thing. Uh, I, I think the UA, I don't know who the referee was, but I think he did everything correctly. This is exactly what you want. Mm. You want to stop the game, take the players off the pitch. Uh, until it stops. And then I, what effect, you know, the reality is Romania will 
no doubt face sanctions here. They should. For, they should for the actions of a minority. Yeah. And this again is designed so that the Romanian FA are more careful who they sell their tickets to. Equally, I'd love it if they you just had some Romanian cops there yeah, uh, true, next to the true. ultras and say, oh, yeah, oh, look, the stupid banner about these two other countries, not even our own. Okay, yeah. but, you know, you're nicked. You're coming with me, yeah. right? Uh, simple as, yeah. you know, because you can't have this. Jules, we love our cult heroes. So tell us more about Ildefons Lima, <laughs> uh, who is finally retiring from international football. I'm sure you would have heard his name for playing for Andorra all these years because he had, has, he has had sorry, the longest career in football ever. 26 years, almost 27 years between when he made his debut as a 16-year-old. No, because he's 43 now, Gabby. And he plays his last cap, 137th cap for Andorra. So I'm sure you've heard the name. He was the captain for many, many years, playing against the country. Not that you watch every Andorra game. But now and again, Ildefonso as well is is quite quite unusual first name to start with. But what a servant to Andorran football and... And clearly, I mean, clearly you must love football to keep playing. This when is going to be the most watched clip on this show. On I hope YouTube. so. No I mean, Il Defense, we love you. If you want to come on the show, please do. Because what an incredible story, man. You We're know, bigger than Dorian. Cristiano, if you're listening, go and play for as long as Il Defense. You know, and then he we almost has. He almost has. We no, not yet. Season. Not yet. What? Not yet. He still I, has I, a few look, more years. I'm sure Cristiano can and will. Right, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Maybe for Andorra. Yeah. Gab, a new study revealed which clubs drew the most total fans last season. So this is a you pretty... Love, s- you love those. Yeah, no, always, no. You always put them in the quickest. Right. Because, so then, well, I have to say, this is a particularly stupid and meaningless <laughs> study um, so from its methodology. But it bigs up my city, so that's why... I've ah, here we go. So, here basically, go. they asked which clubs had the highest total attendance, not average attendance, total attendance last season so obviously if you've played more games because you've gone further in Europa League or, or you Champions have a bigger League, stadium sorry or you have a bigger stadium or you have a bigger stadium you have an advantage right so number one in Europe Manchester United two and a half million they went deep in the Europa League and in the FA Cup as well uh, or the League Cup was it League Cup um, no surprise there Barcelona 2.3 which I thought was a lot actually considering that they didn't go that deep in, in the Europa League, but, you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. But then, third and fourth place, Inter, 1.97 million. Milan, 1.86 million. Look, how cool is that? The capital world football. Manchester City, 1.8 million. In, Roma, a, small, in, a, in a massively more smaller Yes, stadium. but they played a million games because they went still, out and, you know. Still. But yeah, this is why this is so stupid. Uh, by City, this is, this is what... By City, you would think, oh, Manchester United, City doing so well. No, no, no. By City... Hands down, the winner is London. Yeah. Why? I think so. <laughs> seven <laughs> clubs. Seven so clubs in tough light. So this is why this whole mythology is stupid. Oh. Manchester second, but Milan third with just Beautiful. the two clubs. I love it. Beautiful. I know. Beautiful. I know. This Beautiful. is why we are the capital of, course. of world football. Of Among right-minded people. Undisputed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, England women's goalkeeper Mary Earps uh, has spoken out once again and criticized Nike for not producing women goalkeeper jerseys like the one that she wears. Jules, some would assume that if Nike could make money selling them, they would. Yeah, I mean, I can see where she's coming from, Gabby, and she's been very vocal about it, more than any other goalkeepers in this World Cup that didn't have a shirt for sale. The French one, for example, uh, a few others too, because Nike not just didn't make England's goalkeeper shirt, they didn't make any of the goalkeepers of the team they were sponsoring at the World Cup. Uh, But I can see where she's coming from. By the way, for people who have no interest in women's football, 
women's football jerseys are cut differently from men's football jerseys yeah, for, for is, obvious reasons. Yeah. The shape is different. They're obviously, if you've seen women wearing men's jerseys, they can be kind of boxy and unflattering. So that's why they make women's yeah, jerseys and they're fitted better. If yeah. you're a professional athlete, that's important. Yeah. Uh, but I can see her point because especially, I guess, when you become a professional player, you would want kids to buy your shirt. If you inspire children or adults or whoever, you want them to be able to wear your shirt if, they, if they're fans of you, of you, really. It's true. I would love people having Laurence number, like, I don't know, eight or whatever behind yeah, the shirt. I, what I would say is but, I wonder how many Mary Earps fans, little girls there are out yeah, there relative to Alessia Russo or other. True, but Walsh, in fairness, we, won't, we will never know because you can't buy the shirt. The Mary Herb shirt. You right. can't buy it. So she's got a point there. But from Nike's point of view, it's exactly what you said in the question. If, if it doesn't make sense financially to produce all those shirts if you don't sell them, again, we don't know how many they would have sold. But they clearly thought that they would not sell enough to make a profit there. I, I think there's another element uh, in this. You know how, like, you can go to a manufacturer. I mean, I'm going to let people in a secret. Those Gab and Jewels hoodies that we have. Ah, yeah. Like, uh, you can go to a manufacturer, pay for them, and they can they can go and make them. And obviously, yeah. they'll charge you a lot more than if yeah. they were producing thousands of them, right? I think Nike's point would be that, and I'm putting words in, in Nike's mouth here, but um, we don't sell enough women goalkeeper jerseys to be able to do that. Maybe they should consider customizing. In other words you have a standard palette for... Because look, I'm going to leave it in a secret here. All these freaking jerseys, they're all the same, right? The ones Nike makes. They're all the same. They, no, no, they are. They're different colors. The color changes. But the some actual, patterns, Some patterns change The patterns well. change, whatever. But the shirt... No, no, I'm sorry. I, I don't know which teams Nike sponsors, but I am... Uh, even in the men's so, game. But I am pretty sure that the design for the goalkeeping... Uh, that, that they have like three templates for the goalkeeping shirt, and they are women... Uh, goalkeeping shirts and the reason they don't do them is they, they don't want to customize them for for England for Mary Earps right yeah. so they yeah because they, they, they so they would have because they would have to charge you more for it that's the reality of it maybe meet them halfway maybe you do charge a little more so you don't lose a ton of money on it but you know show your commitment yeah. I don't know how much I, listen we'll find out right because ultimately if you charge a little more for the customized shirts and you sell them out and people buy them, then, hey, Nike, you were wrong. There's a massive demand yeah, for yeah. Mary Earps replica jerseys. Um, if you do this and nobody buys them, you can go to Mary. Mary, sorry, we're running a business. We're paying a lot of money to your FA just to, to make your shirts. And this is the business that we're in. Yeah. Right? So I, I'd love to find out because, like you said, we don't know. No, exactly. Exactly. Leo Bonucci left Juventus to join Union Berlin this summer. And now he's suing the club. Juventus, not Union Berlin. What was that about? I think he has a point. So he had a year left on his contract. They told him, no, no, we want to move on from you. You, you make a lot of money. And sorry, this is what Juventus said. This is what I'm saying. You're not that good anymore. Yeah. Uh, and it's time for us to move on with younger, cheaper players. Uh, he was, made to, he was left, off, uh, left out of games. He was made to train on his own. All those things that football clubs really should not be doing because players have contracts, they have players' unions, they have minimum guarantees. So he found himself in another club, but he said, you know what, in the way I was treated this summer, I'm going to sue you. Uh, he's already said that he's doing it because he thinks it's the right thing to do, yeah. and he's going to give the money. He's not, he's not going to keep the money. He's going to devolve. If he wins, he's going to devolve all the damages um, uh, to charity, 
which I think reflects well. He's making a point of principle out of it. I like the fact that he's doing this. Uva fans don't like it, and understandably, and it will it's probably come as legacy. well. We should say it's quite common in the summer for the clubs who want some players out to make them train on their own. I don't know if it's like to... There are rules governing this, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's very spe- obviously, we saw with Mbappe this summer. Yeah. There's very specific rules, and if, sure. you, if you don't get it right, then you open yourself up and, and that's what's happening here. Most players don't care because they move on and Bonucci says, uh-uh, screw this. I care about you. I devoted many years of my life to this club. Um, I'm going to make them pay because it's not right uh, and, and I'm going to give the money to charity. So yeah. interesting to see how this one develops. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The new season of Welcome to Wrexham is out, and at one point, Ryan Reynolds says, quote, We're heavily invested in building this club, the stadium itself, and if we don't get promoted this year, the club is completely, totally, and wholly unsustainable. Jules, they did get promoted, yeah. so it's a moot point. Are you okay with them admitting this? I don't know if these are TV purposes or something. Yeah, I Because think, are you really putting the whole club at risk? I yeah. don't think so. I mean, we know they invested massively. They, 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 they transferred players in. They paid high wages for, 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 for the league that they were in. So the fifth, fifth division in England. But I still, I still, I thought watching that, that he was saying, it felt like he was saying it for the drama of this new season leading to promotion, of course. And that was the way he teed it up was like that. I don't believe that any owners of anything, any companies, factories, football clubs, whatever you own, that you would be, you would put anything at risk. But we've seen it happen in the past. No, no, right? okay, but surely people have learned from that. This is, no, this is not Leeds of the early 2000s where you completely like, I don't know. I I think this quote, and it does drama, and look, and I realize we're talking about a show that's put out by our parent company. No, no, but it's a great show. But I think the reality is I I would consider putting something out there just to explain this comment. Because if you're saying, oh, we would have put the club into administration or bankrupted it if we hadn't been promoted, then you're not being good stewards of the club. And they've got another way to say... That's why I don't think it's the case. Then I think they should explain this and say, look, look, if it goes up, we would have lost a lot of money. The club would have been okay because of the changes we made and this and that. But the club's survival as a football club from, from insolvency was never, was never at risk. I think they need to clarify yeah, this because maybe. otherwise people like me are going to be like, what the hell are you doing? I know, I know. I did think it was for the, for the drama of the show. Nottingham Forest defender Harry Toffolo has been charged, was charged sorry, with breaching betting regulations on 375 separate occasions and received a suspending ban of five months, which means he's not actually suspended as long as he doesn't do it again. So the sentence is suspended, uh, which is why Forest included him in their squad for this season in the Premier League. Gab, many, including me, are a bit confused of why Ivan Tony gets a long ban, a proper ban, and Tofolo gets away with it. So I think, um, well, we have to wait. The FA will publish their written reasons explaining their rationale yeah. with the ban as they did with Ivan Tony. Uh, several big differences with... Ivan Tony is Ivan Tony bet on his own club, yeah, um, including betting on his own club to lose, 
that's very very serious yeah ivan tony was found to have not told the truth on many occasions uh in in being questioned um on whether he had a second phone whether he had a second bank account that he used for betting and then later he says oh yeah no actually i did have that right all these things are going to make your band worse yeah um so again these are reasons why Tuffalo could have received a lesser ban. Um, we, we're not going to know until the written reasons come out. It's a simple reason. But yeah. I just my point is there are many reasons why Ivan Tony could have been treated a lot harsher. And we will hopefully find out. Yeah. Graham Potter uh, has reportedly rejected the opportunity to manage Glasgow Rangers, just like you told us he rejected the opportunity to manage Olympique Lyonnais. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the suggestion is that he's waiting for a Champions League club. Uh, Jules, will this be a little bit like waiting for Godot? I don't know, but, but Glasgow Rangers, way in the, they were in the Champions League. They're not anymore because they got knocked out by PSV, but they were in the Champions League. Is he right to wait for something maybe bigger uh, than Glasgow Rangers or even Lyon, who are not in Europe and are in chaos? I think Graham Potter listens to the show and knows the stick that we've given John Texter, and he's like, uh-oh, better uh -oh, not. Not there, not there. <laughs> Glasgow Rangers, not there. I can't blame him for it, I have to say. As if he has higher like expectations, ambitions, aspirations than Glasgow Rangers, who's a big club, but it's a big club in Scotland. It's not a bigger, a big European okay, club anymore. It worked well for Steven Gerrard when he went there. He got Aston Villa, which I'm sure Graham Potter. I know it's not yeah, Graham Potter can get Aston Villa without going to Glasgow Rangers. Stevie had to go to Glasgow Rangers. Brendan Rodgers went to Celtic, and then he got. He was at Liverpool before. True, true. So I, I think maybe the Ange. There you go. Ange, true. True, that's true. I don't, I don't know, but but you know what? I, I, I really I'm curious to see what is next for Potter after Chelsea and all that kind of disaster, really, because it was a disaster. Um, Leona, I can understand. Rangers, I can understand. Let's see the next one if he turns it down again. Would you say there's better food in Leon than in Glasgow? Oh, I think that's a fair point. Sorry, Glaswegians, but I think so. <laughs> Nigeria defender Ashley Plumtree has left Leicester City in the WSL, so the English top flight, to join Ali Tihad in the Women's Saudi Pro League. Gab, she's probably the most high-profile signing in the Saudi women's game this summer. And it's not just male players, clearly. Moving no, over. No, they've uh, the, the, certainly they've, they've had uh, another Nigerian international who played the World Cup. Um, highly rated Venezuelan player went over. I, I don't remember their names because I don't follow the women's yeah. game. Uh, I know who Ashley Plumtree is because I watched her at the World Cup. She's uh, she played for England right up to under twenty three level. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's there's a Swedish player as well who uh, who went out there. Um, I think. It's obviously Saudi Arabia has gotten a lot of stick. It was a big issue with you know um, the Saudi tourist uh, Saudi tourism wanting to visit Saudi. I think it was visit Saudi was the main sponsor for that. And a lot of people flipped out over it. Mm. I mean, you can look at this several ways. Uh, you can look at the fact that in many ways Saudi women don't enjoy many of the same freedoms that women's women in the West uh, enjoy. Although that is also changing slowly, maybe not yeah. quickly enough, but it is changing. Um, but also the fact they actually have a Saudi women's professional league. They're in their second year that they're giving Saudi women the opportunity to, to play. play football. That's right. I think this is really, really, really important. Yeah. Um, whether it's sustainable, like the men's league spending all this money, I genuinely don't know. But this is a major player moving over there. Um, 
and an explanation for this, and I know there's a lot of people talk endlessly, but uh, as you know, because I'm sure you read my column on uh, on the Saudi pro league spending, but uh, Bernard Heichel, who is a Princeton professor, is a foremost authority on on what's going on in, in Saudi Arabia right now from like the academic world. He said that what they're doing is they want to move from Islamism to nationalism effectively in terms of the the outlook okay. at, at government level. Yeah, and so maybe some of these restrictions that women face, which historically have been rooted in, in, in a certain interpretation of, of religion and of Islam, maybe they'll continue disappearing. So I, it's one to watch. Yeah. It's interesting. Amir Richardson made his debut for Morocco. Jules, who is he and who is his dad? Well, Gav, this is an, an amazing story. We're going to start with his dad. He's the son of Michael Ray Richardson or Sugar. Sugar. Sugar, exactly, who was a, a top NBA player back in the 80s, fourth pick of the draft, played for the Nets, the Knicks, the Warriors. Could have been even better if he didn't keep failing drug tests. That's true. And by for, the way, recreational drugs, not performance. Yeah, fourth time, fourth time All-Star, you know, still. It's pretty good. Who then went on to play in Europe towards the end of his career, played in France, played in Italy. And when he was in France... His son, Amir, was born, Amir Richardson, who was born in France, like I said, now plays for Reims, played for Le Havre, very talented, tall, young midfielder, but decided to play for Morocco. He was eligible through his mum, of course, and made his debut for the national team this week. So, well done. Well, great story. It's tremendous, but presumably eligible for the U.S. as well. Uh, yeah, Obviously course. disappointed that Greg didn't get on the... Maybe he did. Maybe he yeah, did, maybe and he, he did. chose Morocco. Yeah, indeed. La Liga decided to sponsor a Welsh club from the North Wales Coast Wesley Gabby, which is known for having the longest name in the world. I'm not going to try to read it. There's an app for that on your phone. And this is the club that La Liga have decided to sponsor. Clan Football club, obviously, I should add. Um, I'm sure you love those publicity stunts. No, I think it's stupid. And I debated long and hard. Uh, should I give these guys more oxygen by talking about this Liga deal? Um, or should I just ignore them? Because obviously they want us to talk about this. Yeah. This whole town... Uh, change its name to this. This is not some ancient Welsh cultural, Celtic, Druidic, historical word. I don't even know if this word means anything or if it's just a bunch of random letters put together. It seems to me, did they change their name to this in the 1960s to attract more tourism and publicity so that, you know, if you're the kind of loser who likes to get his picture taken next to a road uh, sign. I wore their shirt on the show, I think, two years ago, maybe, just just so you know. Yes, and I hated it then. I don't like it now. Uh, look, maybe I'm too old school about this. La Liga probably paid 10 euros for this. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know. <laughs> I just imagine, though, there's some marketing person in, in the Liga office yeah. and in the Sado town saying, oh, look, <laughs> we achieved our objectives. We got a story up on ESPN. People, uh, people are talking about us. Great. La Liga doesn't need this. I know Messi and Ronaldo are gone. You don't need this, this nonsense to get people talking about you. Anyway, Jules, that brings us to an end. Yeah. But we got to come back on Monday because so many derbies this weekend. The Milan derby, among others, of course. And how about Friday night? Bayern and Leverkusen. Big games everywhere you look in Europe this weekend. Uh, Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. 